Hello, all. Welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sailor Cooper. And normally my co-host Tyler Evans would be here now, but since this was an on-the-spot, last-minute um, episode, uh, he's not here, but yeah, I just got finished being on this person's podcast, and she is a person who is in a wheelchair, a lady who is an entrepreneur, and just got elected to city council, and this is episode 12. Please welcome Linda Hunt. Linda, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Sailor. Thank you for that introduction. That uh, I love your enthusiasm. Um, so as uh, Sailor mentioned, my name is Linda Hunt. I'm an award-winning accessibility consultant, a speaker, an author, and a podcaster. And yes, I just had Sailor on my podcast, which is Accessibility Solutions, Making the World Accessible. But what I wanted to talk to you about on Sailor's podcast is overcoming disability barriers to leadership. Um, so I have been in a power wheelchair um, for about the last 12 years. So that means I went into a power wheelchair at about the age of 45. And at the time um, that I went into um, my wheelchair full time, I was the executive director of a national health charity here in Canada. Um, I have, uh, my husband and I have owned and operated our own business for uh, 33 years. Um, and uh, when I stopped working full-time, which for me meant uh, traveling um, from my home, uh, which is about 60 miles west of Toronto, uh, Canada into Toronto every day so that could be an hour and 10 minutes on a good day or a two-hour commute on a on a busy traffic day in yeah. gridlock um, so what I was uh, what I, I did I said I gave up the commute down the highway for the commute down the hall so <laughs> I have um, I have continued to work uh, since I stopped uh commuting to my job as executive director of the of a national health charity and what I what I really my message that I try to get out to most people is that um, just because you have a disability um, you can still play a leadership role in your community um, in uh, in in business um, and as sailor just mentioned um, just this past Monday, I was actually elected to city council in my uh, municipality. So I am going to be first um, person with a physical disability to sit on city council in this municipality. But I think 
um, your the your podcast Hope Without Sight. I think what people people with disabilities, whether it's a, a disability that you're born with or a dis, in my case, a disability that you acquire, um, the the biggest thing that I tell people is that. Um, is that everything, everything is a positive attitude and keeping yes. yourself, keeping your, you know, your belief in yourself, because if you don't believe in yourself, why, why would anyone else believe in you? Exactly. Um, so um, I, I really, um, I really preach the, the power of, of a positive attitude uh, when dealing with your disability. But in terms of overcoming barriers to leadership, um, this is a, a talk that I've given. I've given it to universities. I've I've given it to women's groups. I've given it to um, uh, actually. I, I wrote a collaborative book and the and the talk um, overcoming barriers to leadership. And so oh, that yeah. is that is really um, focusing on the fact that. Just because you're a person with a disability, um, you have leadership skills and those leadership skills, you need to exert yourself. You need to really get out there and and uh, profess your, your leadership skills and don't let your disability be a barrier to no. leadership. So Sailor, I love what you're doing with your podcast. And Thank I you. think it's a, I think it's an important message um, for uh, for people that yeah, like don't give up hope. No. Don't let your don't let your disability define you. Um, and don't and don't let your disability um, prevent you from taking a leadership role, um, whether it's at, at a job, whether it's in your community, maybe it's a volunteer role that you've got. Um, and Sailor is, has, has shared with me that he's starting his own business. Again, yes, that, that takes courage and that takes a leadership. Um, it takes leadership to be able to do those types of things. So um, really overcoming barriers to leadership is, is something that I... Um, I, I really have embraced, I've had to embrace um, over the last 12 years since I, uh, since I started using the power wheelchair. Um, just prior to using the power wheelchair, I went from walking with one cane to two canes to a walker to a scooter and then a power wheelchair. And that happened in 18 months. So my mantra all along was adapt, adapt, adapt. So like, yeah, yes, and we, and we, we have to be there very resourceful, right, Sailor? We have right. to be very resourceful. And we have to be able to adapt. If you don't mind me asking, like, what caused you to uh, go from walking to being in a wheelchair? Like, what happened? So I was diagnosed in 1999 with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, I could still jog in high heels. Um, I had two small children. Um, my husband had a business. I had a very busy full-time job and um, adapt, adapt, adapt really became my mantra. So it wasn't until uh, 2004 that I first started walking with a limp. And wow. that's, uh, that's where we had one cane, 
Um, and uh, I, I had a fairly serious exacerbation in the spring of 2006. And so between the spring of 2006 and the fall of 2007, that 18 months, it was one cane, two canes, a walker, a scooter, a power wheelchair. And at the time, as I, as I, it was everything from, uh, I was commuting, you know, into, uh, into the Toronto area. So, I mean, you know, I, like I needed to get hand controls put in my van because I couldn't drive with my feet anymore. I, um, I ended up needing to, um, to put a stair lift in our house because we lived in a, a, a two-story four-bedroom house. Um, it, you know, I needed to take the bathtub out of our uh, ensuite mm. bathroom because I couldn't climb over the side of the bathtub to get in the shower anymore. Yeah. Um, so just all along, every time the disability progressed a little bit more, there was more adapting to do in my life. But maintaining that, you know, and I'm going to come back to it again, maintaining that positive attitude through all of those changes in my life and keeping in mind, you know, I'm, I'm helping my husband run a, a, a very busy business at the time. I had two small children at the time, you know, so I was a mom. I was, uh, you know, I was a business owner. I was a wife. I had uh, parents that were aging. I mean, so I was like like everyone else I was dealing with that but I still had to adapt to the needs the changing needs of my physical disability so adapt 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 yeah. is a, is kind of a mantra that I think everybody should should think about and the and the other thing that uh as I said is is keeping that positive attitude yeah. um, and a lot of people have said to me how do you have such a a positive attitude when you're dealing with a disability and I said well what would be the alternative sitting in the corner and crying and yeah, what's, don't, that, what's that gonna <clears throat> right so don't feel sorry for yourself don't cry say yes. oh poor me exactly it's, it's just a positive attitude and and it sounds like your story I mean yeah MS is just a robber you know it it over time it just takes just everything everything away from you yeah I mean my kids are grown now and in in the I mean I was diagnosed when when my daughter my daughter's now 25 I was diagnosed when she was 10 months old so oh my goodness um and my and at the time I had a five-year-old son who he is he's going to be 30 next month um so um in terms of raising my children um my children you know, mom has always had MS, um, yeah. but um, but there's never been anything that we haven't done. Um, I still, I continue to travel quite a bit. Um, I just do a lot of research and make sure that where I'm going um, is accessible. And if I need attendant services, then I make those arrangements. Um, I still drive. I drive uh, with a van that has a ramp that comes out the side. And I drive up in my wheelchair and drive with my uh, drive with my hand controls. Um, you know, I'm still very, very active. Um, right. I, I sit on a number of uh, 
volunteer boards. Um, as I said, my husband and I have, have owned and operated our own business for 32 years. Um, when I stopped working in 2009, I did start um, Accessibility Solutions, which is an accessibility consulting practice. Um, yeah. Businesses I, and organizations. So. I was going to ask you that next. Yeah. you. What exactly is this accessibility business? So does it, uh, do you work with people just in wheelchairs or all just all across all disabilities? No. So where we are in Ontario, um, we have legislation called the uh, uh, Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. So every business in the province of Ontario has uh, requirements <laughs> under that legislation. Kind of like the so, ADA here in the U.S. It, it is, yes. It's very much like the ADA that uh, that you've got in the United States, which I do travel a lot, and I'll tell you, you're you're way ahead in the United States than we are. Really? Oh, my goodness. In terms of Because <laughs> um, the ADA is, what, 32 years old now? I think yeah. it came Yeah, 1990, yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so my accessibility accessibility solutions, uh, we work with businesses and organizations to remedy barriers for persons with disabilities. So whether that's compliance with the AODA or making their business accessible more accessible so that they can improve their bottom line by having more customers um, um, and being able to do a better job of serving uh, people with disabilities. Um, and we also work with business businesses on ex- inclusive hiring practices um, because uh, here where we are in Ontario, we have a very tight labor market um, and the most underutilized uh, labor pool out there is persons with disabilities. Wow. So we work with businesses to adopt inclusive hiring practices so that they're um, they're employing people with disabilities um, which is also good for business um, people, uh, people with disabilities and what I call their sphere of influence um, like to see businesses that are employing persons with disabilities because it shows that that business is, um, is um, accessible and, and has an inclusive culture. So that's the, the work that, uh, that we do with uh, businesses. So to make sure I understand, like, you just, what you do is you just make sure that all the businesses in Ontario meet uh, ADA requirements or whatever the law is called there, you make sure that they meet the requirements and that they have good hiring practices, right? So, yeah, so we make sure that they're compliant with the, with the legislation. Um in the case of, of um, making their business accessible. Their business accessible? Yeah, so we can, that can be recommendations in terms of how to make their business more accessible so that persons with disabilities can either shop there or eat there or, uh, you know, do business there. Um, and, what about... And inclusive hiring practices is is basically teaching or, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about educating businesses about um, how inclusive hiring practices can be a benefit to, uh, to their business by opening themselves up to 
an untapped pool of of labor. What about do you enforce any discrimination complaints? Say if if a if a potential applicant or employee or just a user of a, of a facility encounters discrimination, do you assist with responding to complaints and corrective action and all that? Yeah, so we can. So we have a we have what's called a one eight hundred tip line um, for AODA violations. So people can re- report uh, violations um, to the provincial government. Um, but what we have here is the um, the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal. So if somebody does face discrimination here in Ontario, they can file a complaint with the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal. Um, And that is actually, um, that has uh, quite quite a bit of teeth um, when it comes to to penalties against businesses for being, for discriminating against persons with disabilities. So, um, and then (laughs) further to that, we have the, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms and, and uh, persons with disabilities are in, in the case of both the Ontario Human Rights Code and the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms are, are a protected cl- uh, class. So yeah. dis- you cannot discriminate against a person with a disability based on their, on their disability. So yes, we, we don't get involved in the, in the legal part of actually um acting for people that are discriminated against but you direct them to the right yeah we can direct them to the right thing so i personally um am what's called a uh, community champion for the united nations convention on the rights of persons with disabilities so i was trained by arch disability law to be able to uh, to be a community champion for um, and Canada and the United States, for all that matter, are both signers to that uh, to that piece of legislation. So we um, we can uh, direct them in terms of the right steps to take um, to file a complaint against um, a business or an organization that has discriminated against them. Wow! Awesome! Wow! That's that's great. Yeah, because um. um... So, like the Canadian Charter rights, I, I get it. So, I know like each province has equivalent what's called to the ADA here in the U.S. Um, but there's also a a federal Canadian law, right? Yes, the Accessible Canada Act, which is actually was actually just passed in 2019. So okay. it's rolling out. The only um, drawback to the Accessible Canada Act is that it only um, provides legislation for federally regulated industries. So that would be things like um, airlines and banking, um, you know, those types of industries that are regulated by the federal government and federal government services, obviously. I, I, yeah, I get you. I get you. Uh, Because, um, I won't mention any names, but like the company who I tried to work for back in June, um, of course, I was let go after three days. Uh, I am in the process right now of filing a charge of discrimination. I filed a charge 
Um, now it's at the mediation stage where um, uh, myself and the employer in the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, we can meet with a mediator and basically discuss, okay, what's going on, what I want fixed, which I'm agreeing to do that. But now, like, the employer who terminated me, they have to agree to mediate, which I'm I'm waiting on that right now. I mean, it's up to them, but if they don't want to mediate, that's when the EEOC will pursue an investigation, which can take a while, but I mean, it can take time. I mean, I mean, of course, I don't want to go back to work for them anymore now that I have another part-time job and I'm starting my own business, but uh, um, I'm following this charge to only enforce the laws and prevent it from happening to somebody else. Makes sense? Yeah, sure. And and from an advocacy perspective, I, I commend you for doing that because what happens with so many people with disabilities that are discriminated against is yeah, that yeah. they don't advocate for themselves. Yeah. And, uh, and so businesses and organizations get away from get away with treating people with disabilities poorly oh, yeah as <laughs> no one stands up and uh and says something so uh yeah 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 so yeah so okay. i commend you for for taking that action sailor i also commend you as well because honestly um i don't know this person personally but um our fabulous governor in texas greg abbott actually he's up for re-election he's a very conservative governor um and I believe he's going to win. We have elections um, next, uh, yeah, ne- in two and one and a half weeks, November 8th, we have elections. And he's, Abbott, he's been in a wheelchair for about uh, four or so years after having an, an accident. And his disability never stopped him. He's only gone forward. Uh, he's been an awesome governor protecting our state and you know I admire both of you for that well and that's 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 awesome that's that's a perfect example of overcoming yeah. the disability barrier to leadership yeah being the governor of Texas yes that's that's yeah. a great example yes yeah you bet um now I mean do you have anything else or I mean I want to ask you like what are your future goals and of course if if you have anything else share it but if not I always ask um everybody on the podcast um what advice would you give to anybody who's lost and don't know where to turn so you take it away if you have anything else to share share it not just take it away it's all you yeah, I would say um, first of all, you're you're not alone. So uh, so reaching out to uh, to others and and uh, getting that support is important. The other thing that I would uh, share is that it's uh, very important to maintain that positive attitude. That's right. Um, and don't let your disability be a barrier. Just deal with it. Um, keep that positive attitude and yeah if you're able to take a leadership role do that amen amen and any plans for the future what are your future goals any any of that well I'm going to be busy I think the next four years I like I said I just got elected to municipal council um 
I, I myself have two businesses um, uh, and I'm very involved in, uh, in a couple of other organizations. I sit on the board of Citizens with Disabilities Ontario. Um, yeah, so I've, I've, got, I've got lots of stuff on the go um, and I've got my own, my own podcast um, that, I'm, uh, that I'm running as well. So uh, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've never let my disability um, keep me down. We'll put it that way. Awesome. And, and what's the other business you had? You said you have two. What is it? Uh, my, so my husband and I have owned a corporate apparel and promotional products oh, business I for two years. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Linda, thank you so much for being on Hope Without Sight. And also, I'll, of course, I'll share mine too. Um, of course, I'm just getting started. I'm figuring out how to launch my business, make money with my podcast. And I'm just so blessed to have um, Kimberly and Michelle and, and Chuck, all of them, they're helping me and my friend Tyler steer in the right direction. Um, and I also have a radio station you can check out. It's on the air 24-7. It's called Real Variety Radio. It plays uh, all sorts of music. And of course, my podcasts are on the website as well. And uh, But yeah, my goals for the future is to um, make some great money with this. But yeah, thanks so much for being on Hope Without Sight. Thanks for inviting me on your show. How about that? We got to do this together. Awesome. And, you know, yeah, Linda, you're doing such great work. And I know you're going to do great stuff in the future. Thank you, Sailor. Thanks. Thank you. Let's give it up for Linda Hunt, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Help Without Sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.